Hamlin Cohen's Cookie Quarantine. I'm James Campbell. I'm Ben Cohen. And we are joined today by... Yeah, we're just joined... I'm trying to introduce you, but okay. Okay. God, let us respect our guest, Scott. We are joined today by Scott Urbanowski. How are you doing, Scott? I'm doing okay, trying to behave myself. What about you? Hosting a podcast and getting interrupted by our guest. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Good. This is why we brought you on. Yep. Happy to help. Thank you. So this is now the third Zoom call I have been on with Ben in the past three days. Why are you rubbing your temple when you say that? And I'm just rubbing my eye. I had something in there. Uh-huh. Temple. See, okay, listeners, he is confusing me rubbing my eyes, like right by my nose. Where you're pointing, listeners, you can't see this, but where he's pointing is not where he was rubbing when he was mentioning that. I was holding my head at the same time. What do you think, Scott? Uh, yeah, he was definitely, uh, I agree with you, Ben. Uh, stop, stop trying to dis- this is stop why, trying to deceive us, Jameis. This is why I am also the producer. I get to edit this stuff out. Oh, come oh really? On. Okay. Don't suppress the truth. Uh, but yeah, so we're but the three of us were on a four-hour long rules committee call for Young Democrats of America. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting. Rule In the words rule. of Andrew WK, when it's time to party, we will always party hard. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Uh, how you been doing, Scott? Well, like I said, trying to behave myself. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's just a really uh, surreal time right now. I mean, a lot of uh, crises going on at once, you know, just, uh, and like really the stuff that I've been dealing with is nothing compared to what other people are dealing with right now. And uh, I don't know, I'm just, I, it just, it kind of ticks me off how I, I, I I don't mean to go into a rant, but like... No, this is the place for ranting, trust me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like, I don't... It just really ticks me off that race has really had such an impact on uh, basically from our nation's founding on the various structures, political, societal, and otherwise. And it just really... I mean, it's... You know, people can talk about a post-racial society all they want, but many of them are also not helping to build it. And, and I'm not perfect either. I'm a white guy. I can't understand what someone is going through if they're not white, but uh, it just, I just think people need to get their heads out of the sand in terms of race and, and other issues related to inclusion, but especially, I mean, racism has just played such an integral part in how our country got to be, I mean, how our country was started really in the, in the very beginning in, you know, in terms of, I mean, the founding fathers, sorry, they were racist. I said it, you know, I mean, not all, I'm not saying that they were all necessarily, but definitely race had a lot to do with that. Um, and a lot to do with a lot of the other policies that we've seen in the 200 and some odd, 233 years since then. I think if, you know, you really want to talk about the general irony of all the things that Thomas Jefferson wrote about while he owned uh, lots and lots of actual human beings. I, I mean, you can. This is an, that, that's another thing this is a safe space for. Mm-hmm. However, we will mention that uh, Alexander Hamilton was uh, the, one of the co-founders of one of the first abolition societies in American history. So. And that's why he gets a hip-hop musical and Jefferson doesn't. Thank what are things looking for... like in Michigan right now? I'm sorry, what about Michigan? So where, what are things looking like up there now? 
Oh, oh, thank, yeah, thanks for repeating that because someone else decided to interrupt me, interrupt you now. Uh, well, you I was just going to say thank heavens for uh, Lame Man Miranda. Oh yeah, that too. Oh goodness, yes. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, I finally I finally saw Hamilton this past winter. I mean, like finally after three or four years, too late, right? Um, but yeah, I saw it, and it was I was way up in the uh, in the mezzanine, like far from the stage, and it was worth every penny that I paid for that ticket. I mean, and then some. So yeah, it was it was awesome. But yeah, you asked about Michigan. Uh yeah, Michigan is there's a lot of stuff going on good and bad in Michigan right now. Like um, we, we made some uh, news for not good, not good reasons. Uh, for example, on behalf of the people of Michigan, I'd like to apologize for the fact that Betsy DeVos is from here. In fact, she is, she lives probably about uh, 20 minutes away from me. Uh, so yeah, not exactly fun. The DeVos family um, they're you know, they're, heirs to the Amway fortune and yeah they've been they've given a lot of money to like Republican causes they've done a lot of philanthropic work but then they give money to Republican causes which kind of negates that because the people they elect are not really the people they elect end up kind of you know canceling the, their policies kind of cancel out the philanthropic let me work. tell you I live about two and a half hours away from home base of, uh, of the Koch family and I know all about that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. And then on top of that, there was the, uh, there were the uh, really loud white protesters um, who basically stormed the Capitol saying, we want to, we want our haircuts. We want to reopen our state and Whitmer is keeping the state closed too long and we want to reopen. And yeah. And they, there was actually, this is so, this is kind of stupid and ridiculous, but a couple of weeks ago, one of these right-wing groups actually had a demonstration on the lawn of the Capitol building in Lansing, uh, basically giving people haircuts. They called it Operation Haircut. And it was like their way of protesting. And I'm like, it's oh. yeah, it, this is so strange. Well, on the other hand, we, you know, we have all this, we have all this crud going on in Michigan, but we also have, I mean, we also have a lot of really good stuff. Like we just banned gerrymandering a couple of years ago in our state constitution. Used to be that like the politicians, like the, the Republicans have controlled the legislature for a number of years now. And each of the last few redistricting uh, processes have been, they've been gerrymandered because the Republicans control the legislature. And at those times, the Republicans controlled the governorship. Uh, but on the other side, on the other hand, nowadays we, uh, well, we Democrats do have a governorship, but that doesn't, the fact that Republicans still control the legislature isn't going to really affect redistricting right now because we've just voted as a state to put redistricting in the hands of a 13 member commission, four Democrats, four Republicans, and five uh, who are neither of the above. And so we got, uh, we definitely got a lot of, uh, we got we got a lot of momentum. A lot of people who were never even involved in politics until then uh, were were among the people who got you know the petitions circulated the petitions that were turned in because you know you need a in Michigan you can get something a constitutional amendment on the ballot if you have a certain number of petitions so uh, petition signatures so a lot of the people who got signatures and all of them were volunteers none of them were paid which is very unusual but. A lot of the people who got the signatures were people who had never been involved in politics. And 
I'm honestly surprised in a very, very, very pleasant way that they got it done and they got it on the ballot and they, and they got it passed. Um, and besides that, that same year, we also got a proposal on the ballot that, well, we got two other proposals on the ballot and passed this that year. Uh, one legalized marijuana recreationally. So we, rec we legalized it for medical purposes in 2008, but we finally legalized it recreationally in 2018. So, um, and in case you're wondering, because I know you are wondering, no, not yet. I haven't had any yet. Um, just patience, patience. I actually wasn't wondering, but okay. I for sharing. I'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure all all two of the people who are listening are probably wondering. Hey, 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 we have five people who listen. That's Thank right. you very That's much. Right. Well, yeah. And then also some that will hate listen, like Stephanie Campagna Wheaton. We know. <clears throat> yep. So yeah, and you we outed also... yourself in my birthday. Was that? She outed herself in my birthday. Oh. It's true. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Too Mm-hmm. So yeah, and actually the other thing we did uh in twenty eighteen because we were feeling like we should actually do some good things in terms of policy in terms of policy is we got a um, constitutional amendment passed that says that everyone in Michigan can vote by absentee ballot without having to declare a reason. You had to, it used to be that you had to, like you had to say, oh, I'm either over 60 or I'm going to be out of town on election day, or I have a physical impairment and I can't go to the polls, uh, things like that. But nowadays anyone can just go ahead and request an absentee ballot. And um, we also that amendment also let, lets you register uh, register to vote on the day of an election. So same day registration is a thing now here in Michigan. Online registration is a thing if you have a driver's license or state ID. So um, we just a lot of really good reforms uh, that were put into place. So um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a bit of an election geek, uh, election administration geek. So I've, I'm definitely happy about that. And like the state Democrats are really pushing for people to vote absentee, uh, vote by absentee ballot. And because that's, I mean, especially this year and like Jocelyn Benson, who is like our super cool democratic secretary of state. Uh, she uh, put out an order that everyone in Michigan, all registered voters in Michigan would get an absentee ballot application in the mail. And that's, we should be getting our ballots or applications in the next few days. And, and that will, that's because of the COVID-19 that's, you know, kind of helping with social distancing. We have our uh, like congressional and state primary on August 4th, it is? Yeah, August 4th. Uh, so we're, they're sending out applications to everyone and trying to say that, okay, if you want to vote, please vote by absentee ballot. That way you don't have to make a trip to the polls and it's uh, a lot more convenient, but this year it's also safer. So please, if you can do that. And the state Democratic Party, and I, I'm, I think in fairness, the Republicans are trying to do this as well, but the Democrats have been really pushing for everyone to vote by absentee ballot. And kind of, you know, because GOTV, I think we're beyond a point where GOTV was just like the last few days before an election. Now it's GOTV is right now because you can mm -hmm. fill out this application and, and like, you, you can check the box that says, yeah, I'll have an absentee ballot in both elections, both the primary and general elections. And so, yeah, we're doing GOTV right now in Michigan, and it's kind of cool. I mean, we're doing it by phone banking and texting. We're not doing canvassing right now because of the situation. But yeah, we're. I, I'm. My goal is to kind of. My goal on this podcast is kind of make some of you all 
in the rest of the country jealous of what we've been doing in Michigan. We're also trying to seek your mercy and forgiveness for giving you all Betsy the boss. Yeah, and also worth noting also, which in, when you, I've totally forgot that she was the heir, heiress to the Amway fortune, but it makes sense because Amway is a Ponzi scheme. Well, so I should probably clarify her husband, Dick DeVos, he is an heir to the Amway fortune, but uh, Betsy DeVos, she is actually an heir to the Prince fortune. Her brother is Eric Prince, which if for anyone who doesn't know Eric Prince, just Google Eric Prince, Eric with a K, Prince. Oh my gosh. Yep. That's her brother. And I'm glad yeah. you're clarifying because when you said the Prince fortune, I started to wonder like if I stream Purple Rain again, am I going to be helping something bad and i'm glad it's not that oh <laughs> um god god i i, I miss i'm sorry i just kind of miss prince it's been four years or whatever and yeah. like but yeah that i uh, yeah eric prince and blackwater and oh my lordy anyway which like if you actually do google him the first photo comes up and he looks a lot like uh mel gibson but oh, i gotta see this Hold on a second. I'm Googling it too. And uh... First image is him in a tuxedo. Oh, yeah. He, wow. Am I right? Yeah. No, he looks. All right, I need to, I need to see him. Much worse than Mel. Oh, my God. He. You're not wrong. Either that or Daniel Craig. Like, there's, it's sort of in between there. I'd like to go with Mel Gibson just because I want to keep liking Daniel Craig. But, I mean, that's disappointing. Wow, he, yeah, he, uh, I don't know. I guess when you're filled with that much, that much hate and greed, you, the, uh, that doesn't really do wonders for your face, which kind of explains me as well. But we're all just, we are, we're all just Googling pictures of Eric Prince for those of you who are listening in. Yeah, we are. And if you are listening, you are welcome to do so yourself, but we'll <laughs> save you the time and just know you'll be disappointed. But I will, uh, Scott, actually, the stuff that you were, like, talking about with uh, Michigan, basically, we're also doing that now in New York. Like, our governor, you know, put in an executive order saying, because we still actually do require uh, giving a reason to get an absentee ballot, but, you know, we pass, get the Democrats elected in the state Senate end again, which looks likely to happen. Knocking, I'm literally knocking on wood right now. Uh but then we'll be able to pass the second. We've uh, passed the second constitutional amendment a second time, which we have to do two consecutive sessions. Comes to the voters, and we'll be in uh, in like Flint there. But he's changed the law, or the way it's uh, by executive order on interpretation, basically saying that fear of getting COVID nineteen is also a valid uh, medical excuse. Uh, but then also directed all boards of elections to send out the applications originally is going to try to all vote by mail and then but that wasn't allowed by the constitution and republicans go to sue and basically when they switched okay we're going to send out the applications the republicans had to shut their mouths uh but i actually never got i never got my application but i did it online and my dad got his but he votes a different county than me and my mother but we saw my mother and I have not still not gotten our ballots, and uh, the election is on the twenty third. We're recording this on the sixth or on the seventh of June. So, see what happens. But I actually have filled out the application now three times, twice online and once by mail. So 
hopefully I'll get it soon. If not, then I have to risk my life and go and vote in person, which will be great. Yeah. We'll tell your story. Yeah. Who lives, who dies, who tells your story. Yes. Mm-hmm. We're just going to make this whole episode. We're dedicated to Alexander Hamilton. That's right. All right. And that means that we need to get Lin-Manuel Miranda on the show. Seamus, you're the New Yorker. Get on this. Yep. Um, actually, if I see Lin-Manuel Miranda, first thing I'll be doing will be all Wayne and Garth uh, bowing down and saying, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Which is fair. Which is fair. I'm just saying. Then you no, he is out. he is my spirit animal. But uh, we actually did, this is a huge one because, of course, listeners and the two of you all know that I am, of course, chair of Disability Caucus, so, you know, disability issues are my thing. The, uh, there was a one, as a agreement based on a lawsuit by, based, brought by a disability rights group in New York, Board of Elections is accepting the applications to vote uh, absentee via email. It's a via electronic form that you can fill out and email in, and then they will actually email you the ballot, uh, and you can fill it out digitally, and then you have to print it out and mail it. So hopefully we'll get that as like a permanent thing, because I actually did ask in a town hall that the New York City Young Democrats, along with uh, Young Democrats America, did with Senator Schumer. I asked about what would uh, be passed in the next set of COVID-19 related bills on ways to make it safer for people with disabilities to vote because they usually do rely on the ballot marking devices. And he basically says, I'm not going to be able to give you like an answer you're going to like, but the best thing that we can come up with right now will be trying to make that it's uh, there's enough time, enough free uh, people that there'll be really very little risk of people getting infected. Because needless to say, people with disabilities are also at the highest risk school for catching COVID. Mm-hmm. But I thought the whole thing of being able to get your ballot emailed and then sending it back and then just printing it out and mailing it back is, that was a huge step forward. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think there's very slowly a move towards that. Um, admittedly, I don't have the list of states that have been trying to push more towards things like that or, you know, just straight up home voting. In front of me, uh, I was on a CLE earlier this week as part of the NDRN conference, uh, National Disability Rights Network, and there was a fairly significant presentation on kind of the movement towards that, partially because a lot of people with disabilities both now for safety reasons and in general for accessibility purposes need that sort of thing. But since uh, we were also talking about Alexander Hamilton, uh, my, so I got as a Christmas present for my best friend, a day calendar. Uh, So it's like a bunch of different Hamilton related facts and also quotes from the show. And so uh, I guess it was Friday. It was from, uh, Hold on, let me bring it out. I can this way I don't screw up the line because that would be an insult. Uh, so it's Hamilton saying, Don't modulate the key, then not debate with me. Watch a tiny island cross the sea, regulate the price of tea. And Burr says, Alexander, please. Hamilton, where I'd rather be divisive and indecisive, drop the niceties. So, because Ben and I discussed this, I do have to bring it up. Uh, so, of course, we saw a whole rise in protesting the past two weeks, you know, in the wake of the killing of George Floyd. 
uh, an unarmed black man. And so, I well, for some reason, I get off on hate watching OAN now. And Ben is giving his absolute look of disgust and almost crying. I'm not crying. I'm I'm kind of judging. It's I'm just hate- that the squinting look is it, it probably conveys. Scott, what is your impression of my facial expression when he says that? Let, let's have the uh, third. Party. I mean, I didn't actually quite see your face. I'm I'm kind of on a different view right now, but I didn't quite see your face when you were trying you were to talk about it here. Let's see. Uh, okay, you you kind of look. Uh, yeah, you kind of you kind of look like uh, Alec Baldwin's impression of Trump. Like, you can oddly see that. Like, it's huge. <laughs> it's huge, and we're gonna build, build a big wall. Watching your way in for any reason. Sad tweet. Mm. Anyway, so yesterday on their crawl, I, I I have it on mute because I can only take so much of their insanity for obvious reasons. The Crawl said that police were under attack. Yes, the police that are armed to the teeth with AK-47s and riot gear and uh, bulletproof vests, they are being the ones attacked. Really? Yes. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure that there are p- police that are getting like, projectiles thrown at them. I, ben, didn't you s- send a picture of uh, something that was sent in? It was uh, the... Grapefruit, red, claw, uh, red uh, white claw. Oh, yeah, I did. Uh, that was uh, in uh, Portland. Because a couple of major city police departments to justify their police actions have been taking pictures of just the random things that protesters have thrown. Mm-hmm. To, you know, say, hey, this is why we need riot gear and the fire rubber bullets straight at people instead of ricocheting them off the ground like we're supposed to and all that. Um, so, yeah, one of them, uh, you know, there was like a brick in there, which, okay, yes, be upset about bricks being mm-hmm. thrown. But then there was an empty can of grapefruit white claw. Like somebody finished the white claw and then threw the can. Um, they didn't, you know, they didn't crunch it up or anything. I don't know how close they were. The Kansas City, Missouri uh, Police Department did some similar things because, I mean, they for a while with protests on, on the plaza in downtown, uh, downtown KC were very aggressive with their protesters. I mean, I saw pictures from friends who were there with them setting up snipers because they were convinced that was going to be necessary for some reason. But when people were criticizing them for, again, with the riot shields and the tear gas, their Twitter account starts posting like an intent for sympathy. Here are the things that have been thrown at our officers. And it's pictures of um, like an empty water bottle, a broken umbrella, a can of black beans. I think that was the most dangerous looking thing on there. I, like somebody's going to hit somebody's shield and then they're going to take it home and make burritos. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's like, come on, it's not, I mean, here's, here's the thing. Like, first of all, just to be clear, I don't condone throwing things at all, mm-hmm. at all. I mean, I'm just, that's just not, I just don't think it, it accomplishes anything personally. But, like, you got, I mean, this riot gear, it, 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 the way that at least, I saw the protests, some, some of the protests in Grand Rapids. Um, well, the, there were, there've been a lot of peaceful protests in the Grand Rapids area, but then there were some outsiders who had nothing to do with the protests who decided to start a riot uh, about a little over a week ago on a Saturday night. And the, the police who were all in riot gear. And, you know, 
Riot Gear, I would think, is going to protect you from all an empty water bottle. I mean, or something like that. I mean, Maybe if it's not. really shitty Riot Gear. Well, yeah, I, I suppose that. But if it's, I mean, how does Riot Gear become shitty then? That's my question. Like, is, if is it's it not different? blocking an empty water bottle. Well, I mean, if it's like <laughs> defective, I mean, like, you're not, I mean, Riot Gear doesn't strike me as something you're going to use a whole lot. You know, I mean, at least, and Grant, I don't know what the situation is, what things have been like exactly in most other cities, but I know in Grand Rapids, we've had, we had, you know, again, one riot caused by outside hooligans. And I honestly don't know if we've had any other riots. I don't even remember the last time there was a riot in Grand Rapids. I know there, there were a few back in the 1960s when everything was turbulent back then as well. But like, you know, you put on riot gear it's pro- i mean that riot gear is probably you're going to bring it out every now and then it's not going to you're not going to uh, it's not going to get destroyed by an empty water bottle i don't think i mean it's like and well, like i said i'm not condoning like you shouldn't throw stuff at people but an empty water bottle is not going to i mean i, I could i could pr- probably go out there and uh, not to give you guys any ideas, but next time uh, YDA meets in person, you can if you guys want to throw a, an empty water bottle, bottle at me without any riot gear, I won't be happy about it. But I won't I won't be wincing in vain. I don't think. If uh, if we do, will hmm, how can we how can we convert this to a charity thing? Um, I'd say that actually we sell water bottles uh, for or oh we sell water bottles for a dollar. And then, but we sell them for a dollar twenty-five with the intention of throwing them at Scott, and all the proceeds go to Black Lives Matter or no bail bail fund. There you go. Yeah. Okay, so Scott, you're cool. Some more recycling way we can do this, but I think we're onto something. Uh, no. Well, if we just get the Environmental Caucus in on board. Yeah. There you go. Throw things at me, or throw things at Charles Myers. I think he he could. uh, yeah, just throw a few things at him just for the heck of it. So, you know that I will probably be sending out an email about this later and like try to see if everyone's cool with this. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Which is still not the craziest things. I, not one of the crazy top ten craziest things I've done in YDA. No, no, it doesn't even put a manhole on it. Um, <laughs> oh, speaking of manhole, um, uh, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna mention, I was trying to get Phoebe to come down here. I have a yellow lab named Phoebe, um, and. She just loves to be the center of attention. So um, I just wanted, oh, there's a shirt. Uh, for those of you listening in, uh, Seamus has this big uh, team manhole shirt. Uh, shout, out to, j- shout out to manhole and his dad, Josh. Uh, this was a present from friend of the pod, Lauren Tussie. Oh, so hi, La- she, hi, Lauren. Uh, so listeners, I got into a donation fight with... Uh, to the Kentucky Young Democrats with uh, Josh as a result of their whole doggy derby where they were mislabeling Manhole as Jax, which is his former name. Uh, so I ended up giving about $300 to KYD uh, just to out-donate Josh so it would be manhole as a thank you lauren sent me that shirt and uh wrote on their team manhole herself now that is just amazing so first of all okay renaming a dog and then giving that money to the kyd 
to help beat Mitch McConnell. I, I'm all for it. Now all we have to do is try to try to overthrow Josh because he's refusing to accept a legitimate instruction from the national committee that his dog be named manhole. And I think that, I don't know. I there's, we should have talked about this on the rules call last night about what to do if the dog, if the YDA president carry uh, um, conducts uh, insubordination and refuses to name his dog manhole. That is, that seems and like the a. Thing is, I didn't write the resolution like strongly enough. It says we call on uh, president. So, okay. Well, lessons learned. Uh, that was actually that was my little olive branch trying to get enough co-sponsors because at one point uh, I had a few people say, "Oh, we don't have to force Josh to rename his dog." And we're like, "Well, he doesn't actually have to." And so that's how I actually got basically the entire YDA board to sign on. Well, you know, I mean, I'll just say, just uh, I can't speak on behalf of the rest of Michigan, but I would, I would certainly lobby our national committee reps to try to sign on to something that would that would carry some sort of binding uh, provisions on the YDA president to actually rename their dog what we say that their dog is being named. So I mean, if you had if you if you had that kind of stronger language. I'd be all for it. I would, I would whip all the co-sponsors and all the votes that you needed to make that happen. So just, uh, just uh, like I said, that's that's one of the downsides. I'm not. I don't actually currently have a vote on national committee, but if and when I do, and even I don't even have to wait until I get a vote. I can just start start telling people right now. You're we're getting him to rename his dog Manhole. Otherwise, we're going to, if not, maybe not impeach him, but maybe try to. Well, maybe MP. Eh, I don't know. So, so we'll, we'll do something. We'll do something just to, to, to try to... We'll, we'll weaken his powers. Or we'll just vote against him on some easy procedural matter. Uh, and then not it. will be complete. Like appointment uh, of no, a we will, we will secretary or something. Yeah. But, so, but the reason I brought up that quote earlier about from Hamilton. So... In the midst of all of this chaos and about police brutality, mm-hmm. uh, I decided to start using the Cookie Quarantine Twitter account to go after the people that are posting all of these Blue Lives Matter things uh, that have also blocked me, my personal account on Twitter. And while Ben was also sort of like angry about this, I was like, oh, by the way, I'm doing this. He's like, okay, it's fine. Uh, and listeners been just sort of shrugged. So one of the groups... I thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. So I went after my sort of pet, my nemesis, so to speak, Patrick J. Riley, who is the president of the Cardinal Newman Society, which Google it, they're basically a right-wing Catholic group that says that only these certain schools are properly uh, <laughs> doctrinally correct, and they're a bunch of douchebags. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Archbishop of Washington got angry at Trump for standing out, standing next to a f- statue of Pope John Paul II, actually Saint John Paul II, mm-hmm. and uh, with a Bible and all this stuff, and says it was a photo op. You know what? John Paul was a man of peace. This is completely wrong. Patrick J. Riley says, oh, of course, somebody would try to use this moment as a reason to politicize this. Uh, And so I just tweet back to him because he's blocked me on my account. Uh, Pretty sure the Archbishop has a higher rank 
in the curia than you do. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating. I'm Catholic too. And it just seems just a little bit coincidental. And by that, I mean, not coincidental at all, that all these people who, you know, when John Paul was Pope or when Benedict XVI was Pope, it was like, oh, you got to listen and obey the doctrines and teachings of the Pope because he has the ultimate authority, the ultimate earthly authority. He is the vicar of Christ and all that. But now that Francis is Pope and now that Pope Francis is doing all this stuff in terms of social justice and is talking about, you know, helping the poor and being peacemakers and all that. Oh, now we can ignore the Pope. Now we can ignore the Archbishop of Washington. Now we can, you know, now it's like, like come on like like give me a break and i guess for those of you who are listening who are not catholic it might be i, I don't know if i can explain it in in uh ways that that you could really I, I don't know how i could explain it period actually but um it's it, to me it's just like it's been a, there's been a trend over the last like maybe 30 or 40 years in the catholic church that basically people have to there's been a, a segment of the church that has gone political in favor of conservatives. I mean, you hear you know, everyone mm-hmm. talking up, um, you know, about issues relating to abortion or, oh, the sanctity of marriage is under attack, that baloney, or religious freedom is under attack, which as a being a Catholic, I can tell you, no, our religious freedom is not under attack, that it stopped being stop actually distracting from actual attacks on religious freedom but anyway but it just like it just takes me off like the mm-hmm. leadership i mean i've been involved also with the knights of columbus which is an organization like the leadership of the knights of columbus has taken a has taken that very hard right wing turn lately and i actually found out that the guy who's in charge of the knights of columbus he used to work for not only ronald reagan but also jesse helms back in the day yeah and you wouldn't be surprised given the things that he's been saying and i'm like and by the way this uh the knights of columbus uh is the organization that i don't know if they own or they were like one of the major benefactors or underwriters of this shrine where trump spoke uh saint john paul ii and so that's like they are it's uh because it's it was actually over at the catholic university of america which is where I spent my freshman year. And actually, so years ago, when I was right around when I was 18, I did look at maybe joining Knights of Columbus and I did some research on some of their political stances. And I said, do I actually have to agree with you guys on a few, on the political stances of becoming a member? I sent them an email to like their general membership thing. Never heard back. So it was a sign, yeah, they probably didn't want me. But, but they you get the cool sword and I don't know what horse or whatever you get for being in the Knight of Columbus. I have heard of this organization. I don't know what the hell they do. <laughs> well, it's, um, I mean, a lot of it is like charitable. There's a lot of charitable work that's done, which is good. A lot of like, they do a lot of like social activities for members that are, you know, family based and, you know, a lot of good stuff. But when you asked about the swords and stuff, um, Actually, my dad, he's been more involved in the Knights of Columbus than I've ever been. And he's also, both of my parents are also like definitely Democrats and actually maybe even more liberal than me. Um, but my, um, but yeah, <laughs> there, he, 
uh, I don't know the whole story about the swords and whatnot and the regalia, but my I think it's like more like an honor guard sort of thing. My dad was actually part of that for a few years, um, which uh, um, which I kind of thought was cool. But um, there was a big, <laughs> it's funny. There was a big uh, the you know, senior Knights of Columbus leadership said a few years ago they were going to change the uniforms and there weren't going to be these funny, these big festive hats anymore. Or I don't, I think they were also getting rid of the swords and people around, you know, like the people I know who are doing that in our like a council and assembly were really upset about that. <laughs> and they're like, well, you can't change anything. You can't just, so anyway, it's just, it's kind of puzzling. Like the yeah, the, the Knights of Columbus, like I say, I, I, I was very involved in it at the time. I was actually the head of our Knights of Columbus Council. Um, but uh, also, they, um, I, I feel like the senior leadership has not been keeping up with the times. So I don't know. Just, Is there so. like another order of militant figures dedicated to a different conquistador that would be more modern and accepting? Like the Jesuits. But you sort of have to like that's you have to become like a priest or a brother for yeah. that. So I, there's not like a grenadiers of da Gama or something. Yeah. <laughs> and the only, the only problem is the only problem is I mean like the I didn't even million, realize, wait Scott million dollar idea grenadiers of da Gama. There we go. Oh my goodness. And, and you know that's the thing. Like that's the other thing. It's like I didn't even realize until a few years ago some of the stuff that you know basically christopher columbus is basically whitewashed in our uh yeah <laughs> okay that's the understatement of the decade right there i know we're we just started the decade but I'm, i just made the understatement of the decade christopher columbus whitewashed i mean yeah basically uh seriously you have all these people who are uh who have been trying to paint a, a positive image of him and boy if i had known that why? Oh, uh, every time I, every Columbus Day, I say to my best friend, who she's Italian, I say, you know, it should really be Indigenous People's Day, and she does not take kindly to that. I'm like, well, what about all of these human rights atrocities? She has no answer. There are so many other notable Italians or Italian Americans. I feel Vespucci. like let's go. Uh, you know, or I uh, know. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll. we'll It'd be a big map celebration. It'd be awesome. Mm. There you go. Or uh, Marconi, you know, radio. I'm using a headset right now. That's all radio. But, oh, so y'all will actually appreciate the reason for which Patrick J. Riley blocked me on Twitter. Uh-oh. I asked him uh, one time, I say, you know, when, send him a tweet, I say, you know, when you go to, like, parties and stuff and you're talking to people and people ask what college do you go to, what do you tell them? That was literally my question, and he blocked me for that. Because I knew what the answer was. It's Fordham University, which he was actually editor of our, which is also my alma mater. He was editor of our school paper. Uh, but after he left, and he was like a right-wing troll then, but after he left, he actually mailed back his diploma because he's like, just did not appreciate that place. <sighs> but then, so while I was on this little uh, rant, Yes, thing. Another person who blocked me was Bobby Walker, who is the chairman of the New York College Republicans. Oh, you've been having some fun with him, haven't you? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, he's blocked me on every platform as long along with his organization because I wrote this letter to him 
uh, back in September, basically I say to him, you guys keep on saying about how Antonio Delgado and Max Rose are socialists, but, you know, can you please explain uh, your justification on this? Because I don't seem to find any reason, rationale behind this. And, but the problem is that I'm sure that you also want Trump's legislative uh, uh, policies to be enacted. And one of them is also opening up the libel laws. And looking at your bank records right now, you only have about $2,000 in the bank. I'm not sure after court penalties and attorney's fees, you're going to be able to afford any sort of lawsuit that will happen if Trump gets his way and those members of Congress actually do sue you for defamation. And then I finally go in for the kill and I say, of course, go on my Twitter. You'll find this letter. It just goes like media uh, because I posted a screenshot of it. I say, also, I am seeing that on your Facebook page and on your website, you don't have any campaign activities listed for 2019. And I'm sure you will agree that for a fully functioning democracy, we must have healthy debate on the issues. So I'm saying for the sake of the sake of New York, New Yorkers, Nate, democracy itself, that you uh, call voters, knock on doors, text voters, because only through uh, the body politics, will we actually be able to come to the best decisions for the people of the state of New York and the United States of America? It's like this most well-crafted fuck you letter. <laughs> well, so of course he goes on this whole blue lives matter thing. And so I say, I go on our Twitter account. I'm like, yes, Bobby, you're absolutely right. Blue lives do matter. You know, especially those people with agri agria, I believe it's pronounced. It's, you know, I cannot pronounce for the life of me. But it's it's I would have, you know, I would have made a Smurf joke there. But it is actually Nick. Uh, people's skin turning blue as a result of nickel poisoning. Oh. Uh, I said, basically, every time that someone brings up like a, I really want to like work with like, like as a trolling thing, work with like some uh, civil rights organizations be like more funding for people with agria, like or nickel poisoning. Uh, but yeah, I'm like, and then he also at the same time was going after someone who blocked him. He's like, oh, coward. I'm like, from our Twitter, can I say, oh, uh, pot, meat, kettle? Because you also blocked James Campbell. So, <laughs> of course, he blocked us. That's and now, cool. so to our five followers or five listeners, you know, hopefully we'll be up to six after today. You want to go uh, troll this guy, Bobby Walker, at Real Bobby Walker. Just go for it. You know, if he looks like someone you want to punch, you're probably in the right spot. Oh, I got, oh man, I got you. Let's see. Da, 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 da. Oh, oh yeah, I am on his Twitter. And okay, who is that at the on his Twitter cover picture? Because that's him. Oh, it's probably Nigel Farage. Oh yeah, and yeah, they. He looks like he's. I don't know. He looked like. He looks like like a spider is biting him in the leg. He's like he is, mm -hmm. like his face is like. Oh, it does. Why am I being surrounded by these Americans? They're scary and they don't shower. Mm -hmm. That's why we did Brexit because we don't want to, we don't want to deal with those American immigrants. You know. I'm not showing enthusiasm, Yanks. This is a cry for help. And my English accent needs work. Uh, anyway. Okay, and, and I can't even figure that figure out who that is in his uh, 
profile picture, that guy with the beard. That's not. Oh, uh, that would be uh, Trump's campaign manager, Brad Parscale. Oh, oh, wow. I, and of course, uh, that's not what I remember Brad Parscale looking like, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, but of course, uh, followers is uh, profile header image is him with the USA hat next to uh, Nigel Farage. And then in his uh, actual Twitter avatar photo, it's him with Brad Parscale, you know, thumbs up. And of course, Bobby is wearing the Make America Great Again hat. And it looks like it was probably taken at CPAC because. Also, have you ever know, met anyone who's actually like a real like conservative over the age of like 40 that still goes to CPAC unless they're elected or if they're just like or people that don't actually do any real political work? I mean, like I could make a lot of comments about likely issues with human trafficking during that event. I probably shouldn't. Well, maybe you're the lawyer, so if, if you're willing to go on the record about this stuff, go, go ahead. Yeah. Or you can just talk to the police and uh, see if uh, CPAC continues to support law enforcement after you're after they're done uh, after they're done making the arrest and whatnot. Which I still love the fact that CPAC they go every year they're at the Gaylord National Convention uh, Hotel and Convention Center. Okay. Uh, by the way, we actually have a city in Michigan called Gaylord. Yeah, I know there's one in, um, there's a town called Gaylordsville in Connecticut, which, and of course, there's always that whole meet the Fockers or meet the parents joke, all that. But, oh, oh is, that where, is that where it was set? No, um, Ben Stiller's character is named Gaylord Fokker. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I saw meet the parents like 20 years ago, never saw meet the Fockers, mm-hmm. so that, I mean, I mean, I don't get out much if you haven't already figured that out, uh, so. Like, I was dreading that you were going to ask me about Harry Potter, uh, but uh, <laughs> like let's Harry, not touch that one for a little bit. What's that? Well, let's not touch that one for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, because we also. Well, I've known this for a while about how J.K. Rowling's turf. Yeah, the you know the level that she's doubled down on it, but then we also literally did an entire Harry Potter themed episode a few weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, if it helps uh, us find all the turfs on Twitter and then uh, report them for all their hate speech, I'm cool with that. Because I've also gotten one uh, turf who went after a friend of mine who is transgender. Uh, I got her blocked twice, on, or not blocked, uh, removed from Twitter twice. Like, our account's completely disabled right now. Basically, my friend Amelia decides, you know, it's She's transgender, uh, male to female, but you know it's all it's all public record and all that. And she uh, is a member of the New York State Democratic Committee. She gets a resolution passed to change our rules that we would have elect uh, people of two different genders to with the state committee, as opposed to one man, one woman. This passes overwhelmingly. Exactly one person votes against it. It was a guy from uh who was from the first judicial district in Suffolk County so like literally no women voted were opposed to this thing just this is all me saying this because I was in the rooms just for you know not me trying to net I'm just giving context of course this woman named Charmian Neary goes after Amelia like a month later saying that she's trying to take away women's rights even though she identifies as a woman, she's taking a man's seat right now. 
And so when I go after and defend Amelia on Twitter, and basically I actually, well, I of course am really good at doing opposition research. So I also find out that like Charmian has, is a independent. She had not voted in certain election when she like mentioned this one county legislator when he would have been up for re-election. She's like, how dare you go to my uh, voter records? It's like, it's public record. That's not a proper, I know more politics seem like than obviously you should maybe know that like, one of the first things you do in oppo research is their voter records. Just saying. She blocks me and then she also blocks uh, Gabby Medina, who oh. all came to my defense as well. So, okay. but then of course, all the chirps from the UK and Europe go after me. Oh boy. Which, yeah, which is the weirdest thing. Apparently there is like this weird alliance between supporters of the Labour Party and people who are transphobic. Wow. Labour Party has some blind spots. Let's just sort of get that out of the way. Oh, yeah. I say as the Jew on the call. Mm-hmm. Well, thank God Jeremy Corbyn's gone. But not- <clears throat> basically, uh, the Conservative Party actually put in a passive bunch of pro-transgender legislation, and since... Labor Party is the oil opposition. You know, it just became a enemy and my enemy is my friend thing. You know, well, just the... We don't have to vote for them here. Yeah. We're all, we, we've got another episode where, you know, we've got a guest from one of the states where the governor is just royally pissing Trump off, which is a nice little streak that we have. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was just looking at um, that one guy, uh, Bobby's, uh, at that picture with Nigel Farage. I could... Uh, on second thought, it doesn't look like Nigel's necessarily getting bit by a spider. I think he and Bobby are just trying to, like, I think they're trying to sing. Like, like they're singing some sort of duet. or And then the uh, women there are, like, like they're going to, maybe they they have their part and they're going to sing later on. But, but, like, Nigel and Bobby look like they're trying to sing some sort of, uh, I don't know, some sort of anthem or something. Or some sort of ballad, it looks like. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Yeah, this is going to be our episode dedicated to Bobby Walker, who is the ultimate snowflake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is Cuckoo Which... Snowflake going to be the episode title? Like, like I feel it like. It is con- now. <laughs> I feel like conservatives in general are like bigger snowflakes. Like, not, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they don't. You, you, and they, they say, they go, they go about like, oh, fuck your feelings. Oh, uh, you're uh, you you're such a wimp. You you're such a snowflake. You're afraid of, of uh, having rational debate. Oh, but then you say the slightest thing to some to some of them, not all of them, but to some of them, you say, oh, you know, Black Lives Matter. Oh no! Oh my gosh! All lives. Matter. <laughs> oh, oh, you you've insulted my What you do now? You owe me oh, one of my one of my favorite things actually about being a notary is that in New York State that means I can collect ballot petitions and signatures for any party. So part of me wants to start going to the like super Trump voters knocking on the door asking for signatures of candidates that they hate. Like so, like the Trump people, like for, so it'd be for like the moderate uh, Republicans, you know, the rhinos as they call them. That if I would have done it for this election if Trump's opponents had not dropped out, and also we did not have the pandemic and all that. Right, right. 
Yeah, you could definitely have done that. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, actually, um, oh, 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 goodness, I lost my train. Okay, well, I just lost my train of thought. Thanks a lot. Now my train of thought's been derailed. Well, and, yeah. Actually, spe speaking of, like, safe spaces and all that for the uh, conservatives, so one congressman who is a former soldier, uh, he's now in the National Guard, Max Rose, represents Staten mm -hmm. Island and parts of Brooklyn. Yeah. Pretty moderate Democrat, you know. In some circles, he'd be probably conservative conservative. He was actually at a Black Lives Matter protest earlier this week. And just because of a way that some photo got, got him, about four feet away from him, there was some person with a sign saying, defund the police. Of course, the his Republican opponent, who had also been at a protest just a few days prior, she pounced on this thing. And it was completely disingenuous, saying, right. oh, Max Rose believes that you know, we should defund the police. Of course, he doesn't believe that. It's just some random person. He wasn't carrying the sign. And then also the president of the Sergeant's Benevolent Association, who was also an officer in his local Republican uh, committee, I shouldn't mention. His name's Ed Mullins. He's gone after at Max Rose. And, well, I love what Max Rose said to him. He says, I never thought I'd see the day when Ed Mullins was a snowflake that needed safe spaces. <laughs> I mean, I mean, some of these people are, you know, like they 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 try they try to they try to put on this veneer of toughness and uh, machismo and all of that, and but in reality, they're just like it, it's it's just that it's a veneer. It's, it's like like mm -hmm. you can't like. And I think Trump is the worst at this. Like you say, uh, you say one slightly bad thing, and that's why one of the many big reasons. News. Yeah, it's one. It's one of the many reasons why I think so many Republicans are just too afraid to like say anything about him because mm -hmm. otherwise they know that he's gonna tweet about them and and he's gonna mm -hmm. send all of his uh, legions out after him and and they're gonna be like, oh, you're disloyal to Trump, and oh, how dare you! How dare you go after Trump like that? But you know, so that's why that's and I think there are other reasons too, like why why they're why a lot of Republicans are afraid to take him on. Um, it's including the fact that I think a lot of them actually do agree with him more than they want to admit, and they are more like him than they want to admit. But I I certainly think that kind of uh, that kind of fear is very prevalent in a lot of Republicans in Congress and elsewhere. It's like we don't want to take off uh, our great master and our great president, Donald J. Trump. Oh, he's the greatest. You don't want to take him off. Yeah, That's just my two cents. No, you're not wrong. But as we know, the Republican Party nowadays does not have balls. Mm -hmm. Well, they, they don't have any courage of no matter. I mean, it's just... You know, you know, and when, you, when the day that the... Like most courageous Republican is Mitt Romney, you know there's a problem. Oh yeah. Which honestly, if someone if someone can like bug his house at Thanksgiving, I would love that because I would just love to be a fly on the wall to seeing what happens between him and his niece. Oh yes, and I you know and you, well you know that the Romneys are from Michigan, so uh, Rana was our state Republican chair before she became RNC mm -hmm. chair and. I just, of all the things that people have done to kiss up to Trump, 
I got to say, one of the weirdest things is for her to stop using the Romney in her name. Just call herself Ronna McDaniel. Well, I've been known on Facebook to call her, to still call her Ronna Romney McDaniel. And I've been known to put Romney in all caps, just to emphasize that. Like, Ronna Romney McDaniel. So basically you're doing what the Republicans did eight years ago with Barack Hussein Obama. Yeah, well, yeah, except <laughs> kind of more or less, except except that, you know, I mean, you can't, I mean, she's still a Romney no matter what. I mean, <laughs> she, I, but yeah, I, I was just like, I can, especially, you know, to your point, uh, a few months ago when he, and by the way, the impeachment trial was this year. I just want to get that out there in case you're wondering what kind of year this has been. The impeachment mm-hmm. trial was actually in this. Oh, uh, and actually next week, uh, the aliens are going to invade. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, and well, the murder hornets are supposed to be the week after that, by the way, I think. And then yeah, shark, by the way, the shark, cicadas shark were last week. Yeah. yeah. Cicadas, uh, they were last week or they were yeah, two weeks and, ago. And then shark, just as a reminder, shark week is coming up after, not too long after that. So uh, shark week and then to make and then to. Uh, to put a perfect climax on the year starting this fall, you have the Lions again. Uh, as a Detroit Lions fan, um, I, I think the only thing that would make 2020 even weirder than it already is is if the Lions were to win more than two games because they're not – they haven't done jack shit for, like – they won an NFL cha- – couple of NFL championships before they even got the game super into – before it became a real thing. Um, this way, the oh, no, 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 you mean super vowel. Thing. We can't, we can't say uh, that that word because oh, that's right. well, it, the big. You know, oh, that's right. Because both because otherwise, because you don't want to, you don't want to have any like copyright infringements. Yeah. So actually, I'm going to have to bleep that. So yes, Scott was talking about the superb owl. Yes, you know, superb we, owl. We, that's we right. love, we love superb owls. That's right. The, the, the superb owl. They didn't even. Lions didn't even win any superb owls. Uh, they won a couple of championships back in the 1950s. But since then, they haven't done jack shit. So, so you will know that 2020 is the most is the weirdest and strangest year ever. Is if we do have an NFL season and the Lions win more than two games, because well, you know my thought there is that hey, the year that Trump won, you know, won I say in quotes his first election, the Cubs won the World Series. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think. It's, I mean, it's like that one, uh, well, 2004, um, when Bush got his second term, that was also kind of a weird year because the Pistons won the NBA championship. Uh, and also, I think that was the year that Phil Mickelson won his first major, I think, because he had won the Masters. I, I think it was 2004. And I don't, I usually don't keep track of who wins golf tournaments or any sports tournaments. I couldn't tell you who won the well, I could tell you who won the 2008 Stanley Cup. It was the Red Wings, but uh, that's because I mean that's because I'm from Michigan oh. and I know when my and team actually wins. didn't uh, didn't uh, the Red Sox actually break the cur- uh, curse? Oh yeah, that year also that year. I'm surprised someone from New York is talking about the Red Sox. Are you not a Yankees fan or what? I am most certainly a Yankees fan. I okay. am a true American. I'm a true New Yorker. However, I am also know. I'm rolling my eyes right now. Uh, however, I also know that just because I was a big fan of Boston Legal. Oh, okay. Which so. That show, they should definitely bring back right now. Like, if there's ever a show we need right now. Really, what else is Shatner doing at the moment? So, like, oh, yeah. okay. 
and like, uh, what's his name? Uh, one who played Alan Shore, James Spader. Actually, this, I think it's the second week in a row we've talked about James Spader. He is. Why is he our new? Why is he our new Joe Exotic? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So side I... note. I'll have a side note on that in a second. But actually, yeah, James Spader. Okay. Yeah, he is a blacklist, but you know, this it's basically in its uh, in its coming to its end, and I'm a fan of that. So you know, bring back Boston Legal. But I've actually gotten my mother into watching Tiger King. That's what we watch every Saturday now. And she basically, it's so, like, she's a fan of trash TV. Like, she loves all the stuff on uh, Bravo, you know, all the Housewives and stuff. And she's like, this is even worse. And I'm like, I know. Which I can't even watch the Housewives. But this, this has so many different aspects. It has the whole Carol Baskin definitely did it. You know, we have the... IP lawsuit. We have the political side. God, you gotta love Tiger King. Okay, you said it, not me. I am not interested. <laughs> well, and you know, like I said earlier, I don't get out much anyway. But yeah, um, I'm it's getting the perfect thing if you're not getting out. Okay, well, it's on Netflix. Like Netflix is meant for people who don't go outside. Uh, we've gone okay, I guess if you insist, but. I mean, I, I guess maybe maybe Manhole and I can watch it together. I can go down to Oklahoma and Manhole and I could watch it together. Do it. Somebody needs to culture that dog. Yes, absolutely. And and Josh probably isn't going to do that if he can't even get his name right. Well, Josh will actually say that the uh, we've actually known about Joe Exotic long before all of us. But you know, if Josh was like was involved in that campaign, though, Joe Exotic would have been governor right now. Agreed. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, and I feel like, I mean, honestly, Oklahoma could probably do worse than having Joe Exotic as governor. In fact, I don't, I don't know, I don't know Jack about uh, Kevin Stitt, but I can't imagine that Joe Exotic would be much worse than Kevin Stitt. I mean, I've heard, I've heard like nothing good said about him. So who knows? It's it's kind of like, um, I mean, it's kind of like. Uh, <laughs> kind of like a few a few years ago, everyone was like, "Yeah, Donald, uh, yeah, Donald Trump." Like, oh, we, I mean, Donald Trump, he can't couldn't be worse than a lot of the guys that are up there. There, I mean, couldn't be worse than Scott Walker or anyone else. Well, it turns out he actually ends up being a lot worse than anyone imagined. But anyway, that's just another. Oh yeah, I am not putting yeah, anything I'm... for granted this year. Like, yeah, I... oh, like. So like I we we learned our mistake in 2016 with taking polls for granted, you know. Yeah, and it's like a few years ago. Um, well, yeah, 2018, uh, Kid Rock was teasing that he was going to run for Senate here in Michigan, and everyone was like, "Oh no, we're not going to let him win." Like, like a few years ago, they would have been mm-hmm. they would have just laughed it off, but this time it's like, "Oh no, we can't let Kid Rock win." Of course, he never did. He mm-hmm. he was just. I think he was just trying to. Make well, we had Cindy. We had Cindy and Nixon, and we showed her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I took that as a publicity stunt, and then like I just posted like how stupid it was on Facebook, and somebody I know who used to be on the Hillel staff at KU when I was an undergrad, who's an elected official in Michigan now, sees this like no way, this guy's going to do something crazy. We're not losing Debbie Stabenow out a, you know, celebrity novelty. Like, oh well, somebody's taking this seriously up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like because I, I feel like in Michigan it's like, yeah, Donald Trump got elected in part because of Michigan, and like, 
like we're all like holy shit that's like now we have like we're the last people who can take that kind of thing for granted like i mean so but yeah it's like it's just all it's all crazy i mean like it's i mean and like in kid rock's case i'm pretty sure like 99 percent sure that it was not only a publicity stunt but just trying he was just trying to raise some money you know trying to you know sell some merchandise that's all it was really and i mean he is the bull god yeah and, and that and that's what a lot of people thought about you know trump too is like oh yeah he's just uh um what did obama say that the guy is just trying to give his hotel business a boost now everyone's praying that cleveland makes it through july cleveland being the site of the republican convention that year like so i don't know it's just yeah celebrity politicians uh well, I, obviously, you guys are a little bit different. You're celebrities, and if you want to run for office, you'll probably get a lot of support, that, and you'll probably deserve it. But And I have breaking news. I got another 100 on an assignment for grad school. So I'm right now still running a 100, going into my final week. There you go. Mm-hmm. It's if on digital communications. If you card, I'm pretty sure you'll get a free slice of pizza. <laughs> Actually, I wonder what... Um... If, when we reopen Chuck E. Cheese's, what's the age limit? I don't know. There better not be an age limit because I think, I, think I want to go. Because remember, know. so because with Chuck E. Cheese, good grades you get like uh, free tokens. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've the last time I was in a Chuck E. Cheese was I think in high school. Um, I assume if I really wanted to go and play some skee ball, uh, I could still just go down there and do it. Probably can't go jumping in the ball pit. That might cause problems. Um, you know, this is why I actually I- did ask. Uh, I did call my local Chuck E. Cheese in that, uh, this years ago, asked if I could host my twenty third birthday there, and they said no. Oh come on! How dare they? I know total age discrimination. You should, you should, you should go. You should just go. I mean, go to Chuck E. Cheese. Show your transcript. Say, yeah, I got all these eight A's. I mean, exploit that shit. Get your tokens, man. Get your tokens. Oh, I'm right now running a 4.0, like straight A's every class. Like, and I have after this one, I have three more to go. Just yeah, just freaking yeah, get those tokens, man. If, and, uh, I will have to read the fine print, but if there is, if they don't have an age limit, I'm going to test this. Yes, and you'll report no, back. Call the person dressed as Chucky. Call them Mickey Mouse's embarrassing cousin and do what you want until they stop crying. That will give you lots of time. <laughs> exactly. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, Chuck E. Cheese actually kind of looks like what would happen if Mickey Mouse started doing math. So I'm not wrong. <laughs> Chucky, he does. I mean, he looks. And now you guys can't get that image out of your head. <laughs> I think that actually may be a good place to end our podcast. He looks like he looks like Eric Prince. <laughs> we just went full circle there. Wow. We need to bring it back around to to wrap us up. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Oh, okay. uh, well, thank you, everyone. Uh, thanks, Scott, for coming on. You're welcome. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for uh, letting me be your so-called entertainment for a few minutes. It's a valuable service. Oh yeah.
Uh, our theme music is produced by Alexander Nakamrata. I've been Seamus Campbell. I've been Ben Cohen. I've been Scott Urbanowski. Did I interrupt you again? Smooth. No. Yes, maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm still just thinking about now that. Now that's bringing it all the way around full yes, circle. Yes, it is. Yes. And that, my friends, is Campbell and Cohen's kooky quarantine. Stay safe, y'all.